Amen. For all of you rugby fans, um, I've just got to let you know that um, I have iris blood in me. I'm just saying, um, just in case. Um, somehow I've got to win the World Cup. Um, <coughs> um, hey, we just sung some interesting words there, eh? Um, open my eyes to the things unseen. Right? Open my eyes to the things unseen. Um, do you know what's unseen is pain in people's lives, right? It's, um, it's unseen, but it's, it's there. And when we talk about governments and that sort of stuff, about Christianity being um, um, kind of pushed to the margins today, the, the time when we are absolutely relevant is when there's pain going on in people's lives. We are absolutely relevant at that moment. And, um, and I'm loving the fact that this person's coming on the 30th of, um, of October. All of us should be there because I think one of the things that pervades the, pervades the church is a thing called the spirit of fear. It pervades the church big time, right? And um, many of us will not share Jesus with people, right? And if we do, we kind of do it in kind of like judgmental ways, right? And, and in kind of irrelevant ways. But we are relevant when there's pain going on. And do you know one of the diffi most difficult uh, questions that for people who are caught in the middle of fear, in the spirit of fear one of the most difficult questions is to say, tell me what's happening for you. Do you know why that's difficult? People are really frightened what might come from the other side. Right? We won't know how to handle it. That's the spirit of fear. That's the spirit of fear being relevant right there. Being available to people so God can bring healing to people around our lives. The gospel of Jesus continually transforms us. Uh, by the way, us. Continually. So there's transformation going on in my life all the time. I am being challenged by my brokenness daily. And I'm challenging others about their brokenness daily. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that, um, that you sent Jesus because you knew that the world needed a healer. And Jesus, you came. You broke into, into, um, into the mess of humanity. You broke into it. And um, it says in in uh, Luke chapter 2, that when your peace rests on us, that we've received your salvation. So Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that, um, that your, your rest 
um, your peace uh, uh, rests on us. Lord, we're the most blessed people on earth. There's no one more blessed than those who have you in their hearts. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you've come. You've broken into our lives. You've, you've, um, you've redirected our lives. You've reorientated our lives to see what you're doing in this world and to join you. Lord, thank you that you've done that for us. Fathers, we share your word together this morning. As we gather around your word this morning, as we, as we uh, engage, Lord, with your word, Lord, I pray that it turns us out toward others, to face toward others. Open-heartedly, in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 18 uh, and verse, verse 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Hmm. Jesus says this, says this, in the midst of him teaching about conflict resolution. Pretty interesting, eh? He says, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them, and he's talking in the midst of conflict resolution, how to resolve conflict. What he is saying is that I am with you in the mess of real life's happenings, and in fact, it's in the mess of life that I am able to be of real help to you. Something about humanity keeps us wanting things to be nice and tidy, but life is not like that. My question of myself and all of us is how good are we when it gets messy? How good are we when it gets messy? The scripture also tells something of the importance of biblical community. Jesus loves it when we are in true community because that is when we discover all of our dark spots, our triggers, etc. that come from deep pain in our lives that we would love to deny or gloss over. And you will have seen a couple of young ladies, uh, younger ladies, one with a wheelchair and another lady a bit older, who, who came with, uh, with Les uh, recently, um, but they've struggled to embed in community. Right? Because it's in community that we face into our stuff. And in communities, an absolute, absolute challenge. However, this is the stuff Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to bring to the surface, all of this broken stuff. Right? And this happens at any time, especially when we are not ready. As when we are ready, we are threatened to keep it tidy. 
But the raw material in us is never really tidy unless it's been healed. I'm just going to give you an example. Last Saturday evening, myself and Sharon were invited to our friend's place to discuss a train trip to, um, around this, in Australia. I was looking forward to this, and we had a shared dinner. There were six of us there, and it was all going well. But then the owner of the house asked, does anyone feel strange in this house? Straight away I'm thinking, hmm, I'm not here for this. Why? Because I wanted to keep it nice and tidy, eh? After all, we were there to organise a trip around Aussie. My attitude wasn't great at all. Next thing, Sean starts to engage with him, Sean's my wife, and she starts to engage with him about this, and I'm still saying to myself, let's keep this tidy. We're here to talk about a trip around Aussie. So, then I look at who's in the room, and the, uh, one of the other men is a, is a doctor in theology. So, he can hop into this. He's the expert, but not, not a sound came out of him. And Shang is getting to the bottom of what was happening for the owner. I then realise my attitude sucks. All this is going on inside me. I then realise my attitude sucks. Uh, yep. and Because um, that's the part of the mess we all face. And, and in I go, and we pray together over the house, and I'm thinking, let's get back to the train trip. But then he says... My heart is beating real fast when we prayed. So now, Sharon is really leaning in, and the doctor of theology was looking out the window, and I have just died to sin. And um, so we do something, we do some really lovely engaging with him and his wife around not only the house, but what was happening for him. By the way, we aren't going on the train trip. It's way too expensive for such a short time. <laughs> but that's the mess. I wasn't there for that. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus turns up, it's kind of like at the most inappropriate times? It's not when you're really wanting it to happen. It's like, mm, yeah, not now, thanks. Yeah. And, um, but that's the mess. And God turns up in the mess. He always does. And so I had to do the old repentance around the attitude, you know, saying, mm, I'll, I'll, I'll do better next time, God, all that sort of stuff, you know, hope I do. Um, so God invites us to join him on his mission to work alongside him in his program of healing people. I want to offer you a way that you can develop and learn to use in everyday life. It's not a formula, it's a way. Formulas don't like mess as they like to keep it tidy and just follow the program. But we want to talk about a way. Remember, Christianity is a way. It's a way of living, right? And so, um, and by the way, um, um, there's many ways of doing this. This is just one of them. But I felt like, um, actually, we actually need some help around this as, as a church. Because many of us don't kind of know what to do. 
when the mess turns up. So this is what I have discovered. And by the way, I'm not an expert, I'm just a fellow traveller. Confession is important and really, really powerful. When we talk about the Catholics, when we talk about the Catholics, they're incredibly good at confession. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Think about that. So when you're praying for someone, right, and remember we're talking about community, right, your prayers are powerful and effective, but it actually takes a little bit of figuring this out. How does this work? Elizabeth um, Taylor and, and others used to run, uh, or, uh, run Elijah House. So, so there will be teachings around how to live this way. That's, that's what Elijah House is all about. Actually helping people to, to be able to um, uh, 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 go down to their own hearts and find healing and help others as well, right? That's what Elijah House is all about. Unfortunately in Christianity, we have to have things... Um, training programs around this stuff rather than, um, as you saw last week, discipleship. We shouldn't need these training programs because the problem is only a certain amount will go to them. But this should be part of everyday Christianity that we, we help each other to, to walk into our own pain and find healing and, and walk into others' pains around us and find healing. Confession is important. It's really, really powerful. We are to confess to who? To one another. Right? Confession is really lovely and really works if we know what we are confessing. In the endeavour to keep things tidy, when we hurt, our, when we hurt ourselves or others because our behaviours get exposed, we can very quickly give in to the temptation to say sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Thinking that will tidy things up and we'll move on. And that's what that sort of tidy does. It's like, uh, it's, uh, sorry does, like, oh, yeah, oh, you're really sorry. And we move on, thinking that it's all sorted. Hmm. No, it's not. We've actually just avoided the, the, we've avoided the pain down in here. The triggers, we've avoided them. However, we repeat these behaviours again and again. So that's what happens when we do a worldly sorrow, we just repeat it. It goes on and on and on and on. Think about that in your marriages. Anything in your marriages like, well, mm, we've been here before, yeah, last week, um, you know, you know, kind of like, yeah, mm, three months ago, and we said we'll never do this again. We said, and we had a genuine sorry. I'm really sorry about that. But you see, that sort of sorrow doesn't bring healing. So when you pray about that, it's not a powerful prayer. No, because there's no transformation goes on. Right? The invitation for the body of Christ is to help our brother or sister to move beyond the sorry and go on a journey of discovery of where the feelings or situations triggered the, that behaviour that caused us to react inappropriately. Right? There's the invitation. Not, you'll be right, mate, and just move on. No, no. 
No, Christian discipleship is not about you'll be right, mate, and move on. No, Christian discipleship holds us in our pain so we can discover healing. So when the prayer comes, I've actually got a language for what I'm confessing. Not just saying sorry. I actually know what it is I need to confess. This is gold, but it takes time and patience and learning on how to layer people down and ourselves down from our heads into our hearts. And it's really messy. Proverbs 4.23 Above all else, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from it. One of the problems about lots of Christianity today, it's actually head. We actually function a lot of us out of our heads. We actually live out of reason. Right? And um, it's not the way of Christ. It's not the way that we're called into Christianity. You see, you see most, most people who struggle with community, and, uh, and I can see, that, see some people here today, that struggle with community. Why? Because there's pain in the heart that's never been dealt with. And by the way, it might not be just yours. It might be come down from generations behind you that God wants to heal the pain in our hearts. Jesus picked up on um, Proverbs 4.23 when he said this. He said, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You see, we're not to, we're not to cause to, uh, we're not called to empty the head. We're called to cleanse the heart. It's the heart that means cleansing, because out of the mouth the stuff comes from the heart. Deal with the heart. We're called to deal with the heart. Because of time, I'm going to flick through the rest a bit more. Um, but um, what makes our prayers powerful and effective is when we get to understand what is driving our responses and, then, and we then bring the knowledge of this to the cross in repentance. So we go from confession to the cross. Right? And according, according to Acts 3, 19 to 20, It says this, repent then, by the way, repentance is a positive uh, posture towards God and dealing with my pain. It's not because I'm bad and naughty. No, it's because, because I can repent when I've found the language for what's going on for me. And that's, the, that's what community does. In community, we help each other find the language for our pain. That's why we confess to each other. We don't confess to God, we confess to each other. So it's talking about, right, in, uh, in, in, um, in, in James uh, 5, 13 to 16, we confess to one another, right? And so together, right, we come into repentance, right? So um, God will remove this, according to Acts 3, 19 and 20, God, um, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be what? 
Wiped out. Right? Wiped out. So they don't keep coming again and again, do they? Right? When you found the language for what's really going on inside, you lay that at the cross, right? Rendering to say, Lord, I'm going to leave it there and don't worry, it'll come up again. Right? Because the brain has to work as well because we have to retract the brain. Right? But if we know what we're laying at the cross, when it does come up again, we say, oh, get behind me. But, you know, you live at the cross because I've repented. Right? And so, um, and so uh, in, in layman's language, it takes six weeks to break a habit. So, um, so, uh, uh, so what we're doing is, yes, the brain is in, in, attached, but it's, it's, it's the brain is only watching what the heart's doing. The brain is watching what your heart is saying. So, oh, there you are, you little stinker. Back to the cross. Right? And slowly, slowly, your brain catches up was a transformation of your heart. By the way, this is not psychology, this is just ordinary Christian living. Right? Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed to you, even Jesus. Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? Are you discovering what I call a new Jesus continually? Because you're discovering new things about yourself and, and so you're discovering Jesus in deeper and more, more intimate and meaningful ways. And then you're, you know, oh, we'll come to the next, that, that in a minute. So, so according to Acts 3.19, he will remove us as far as east is from the west. So it's from confession to the cross and then from the cross is to resurrection life, isn't it? Right? So we never, did, we never stay dead. Right? So new life comes to the way that we live. Where we continually find new ways of living that build community, not deplete from it. So there should be more and more people coming into groups, coming into, into circles together to engage in this way. Right? So because, because we're living this transformational lifestyle, which by the way is incredibly attractive. You see, where people are getting, getting healed and saved, right, saved from stuff, people want to come there because that's where the action of God is. The action of God is there, right? And so um, uh, John, 4, uh, John 8, 34 to 36, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Isn't that incredible? Right. So are you finding freedom from stuff, from, from behaviours and patterns you've had in your life? Are you continually finding freedom from them? That's normative Christianity. Lastly, our witness, our testimony, Revelation 12, 11, right? They triumphed over him, that's over the enemy. So the enemy, what the enemy does is he gets a hold of your pain and he keeps kind of flushing the, pulling the, pulling the chain so that what comes out is your pain and breaks community, right? That's what the enemy does. 
but you've triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Have you died to this stuff? Have you actually died to it? Right? And so what happens is, what happens is, and again, right, so, so when we talk about, hey, you need to go and tell people about Jesus, right? And you would have heard this from the pulpit, you know, you've got to go tell people about Jesus. No, no, what we do is we go and share our testimony of what God is doing in my life. Spirit of fear don't like that. Spirit of fear won't let you do that, right? By the way, the spirit of fear will hold you from getting healing so you won't have a testimony. You won't be able to witness to his um, saving grace. And so what happens is when you engage with people, right, you, you listen to their stories. Another amazing thing happens when you start getting healing. You seem to notice people who've got the same issue as you. You say, ooh, because you can, can you kind of smell it, you know. One of those songs we said was talking about that. You see, and so what happens is um, um, uh, when, we, when, we, when we have a testimony we're called to share everywhere with, with everyone, it's about how God has set us free in this area of our lives, right? We're to share the story. I don't hear a lot of stories here about that. So no one's breaking in after a song saying, this is what Jesus done for me. This is what Jesus done for me. We need to hear those stories. Don't be fun to shoot up and grab, the, grab this thing. Um, oh, Phil, when he's up, he's, oh, Phil, I need to see what, what Jesus has done for me this week. So you testify to your story. You know what? It builds faith. It builds a community. It builds a community, right? And so, um, so when we have a testimony, we are called to share it everywhere with everyone, about how God has set us free in this area of lives. I want to say that I have noticed the things that God has set me free from. He seems to keep showing me others who have similar messes to me. Amazing, eh? Right? And in, in, in all our lives, giving glory to the name of Jesus. Psalm 23, verse 3. He refreshes my soul. In other words, he heals me. He continually heals me. And he guides me along the right paths. Those are healing paths, continually healing paths. What for? For his name's sake. So that he gets the glory. It's not you spouting about how good I am. No, no, no. No, no. When God has, has healed me and set me free, I can't help but tell the story. Not so I get the glory, so God does. God gets the glory, right? How's this? We're going to have a chance in a moment to ask questions. But um, I hope this is helpful for you. So, so it's confession, which is where the hard mahi, the hard work goes on actually that we help people and ourselves get a language for our pain, so we, then we can take it to the cross, right? And Jesus takes it away as far as east is from the west, and we then live differently, which is new life, right? We live a different way, and then we share the story. That's how it works. 
And when we start to share the story, guess what? Others start sharing their stories. And as soon as they start sharing their stories, we shut up. We don't say a word. We allow them to share their stories. And we, and we draw them out. And then we start mixing our stories. Right? To the glory of Jesus. To the glory of Jesus. Rod's wants to, um, <coughs> Rod, Rod's uh, wanting to start an evening, by the way, Rod's over at, um, at uh, uh, Lincoln today, uh, preaching over there. Um, uh, Rod wants to start an evening hui, partly in response to what he is seeing happening in the morning hui, but also from what he heard last week. And he told me to share this, that he wants to start a start a um, evening um, uh, hui. So, so you're welcome if you work during the day, whatever. You'll be welcome to join that, and um, and we will help you. Part of what we will do there is we'll help you to um, to be able to engage this way that actually brings transformation to your lives and other people's lives around you. Does anyone have a question or a comment? What's that? A hui is uh, where we share our lives together, where we share stories. It's a place of sharing stories. By the way, in a true hui, we don't interrupt each other in their stories. We, we allow them to share their stories. Yeah. Basically, it's a transformational group, actually, where, um, where there's heaps of action goes on. And generally, sorry? Do you want to come here and say that? I just want them to hear it. So, um, so j just for those who didn't couldn't hear him, he was saying that at the men's camp. He, um, I think uh, you'd say that he got, in, he got in touch with some stuff that showed him the fears he had around, was it going deep or something? I think yeah. So he started to see his wife's pain. How long have you been married? Yeah, about 30 years. So his wife's been carrying this pain for 30 years and he's just identified with it. Hmm, interesting, eh? Right? Only just a on a new level, yep. Yep, so on a deeper level. It sounds to me like you have empathy now with your wife. Right. Yeah. And so what is this question is, how do you do this everywhere? 
Well, um, it's exactly what we are called to. So, so this pain is everywhere. And as I said, that's why I gave the story of, um, mate, I'm just here to, to talk about Ganawazi, and there's a mess turns up. It's, it's, you see, see, we have to be open to allowing God to redirect us at any moment and any time because pain comes out at some of the most awkward times. I mean, that's why I gave that example. I can give examples. I'm, I'm right on. I'm ready all the time, as it were, but I'm often not. Right? And what I notice with God, he seems to do the things, bring these things up when I'm not, when I'm not comfortable about it. And he does it anywhere and everywhere. It could be in a shop. It could be anywhere. Right? And what I'm saying is, and so, so love actually says that we will stop what we're doing and engage with that. That's what love is. If we don't do that, we are not loving people. Because when people share their pain with us and, and, and we just say, oh, you'll be right, mate, or, or um, gosh, a good rugby game this morning, eh, whatever, um, and carry on, that person, is, um, that person is being unloved right then. Right? And so, um, so I want to say to you, um, to actually follow Christ, this is why it talks about one of the things about dying. Right? So our life, is, is your life and my life available to God 24-7 whenever it turns up? That's the call, Christian. And am I really able to be available or am I locked in my stuff? So I'm teaching people like Les all the time how to do this stuff. Right? How to live like this. That's when I gather people together, I teach them how to live this way. Right? But most of us spend our lives in pews, not circles. So we will have you come to church, but not, there's not a lot of action actually happens at church. Right? It's when we get in together in communities, that's where all the action is. Right? Or it's supposed to be. So for you group leaders, right? Are you valuing transformation in your groups? And people in the groups, are you transforming in, this, in the context of the relationships you're in? Right? In community. We should be evaluating that. And then the group leaders should be saying to the people, okay, I want you to share that next Wednesday. So we actually build faith together around what God is doing amongst us. Right? That's what's... Um, uh, that's what's supposed to happen. Are you seeing your life changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and others' lives around you transformed in front of you, with you? That's normative Christianity. Right? And um, so, so, Stu, the, the, um, um, how do we do this? We just let God go through our lives. That's all we do. Actually let him go through our lives, and um, allow ourselves to be uncomfortable because he's going to do it when we don't want to do it because we're a little bit busy. We have to figure out what to do with that, right? Hey, um, for those who um, purposefully don't share the fact that Jesus died for our sins, have you ever thought of what happens when we all die? Have you ever thought about what happens uh, for people 
who don't know Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought of what it would be like to have a Christless eternity? I wonder whether that might help us to think about our witness. A mission opportunity. Hey, the white baiters, you ever, you ever go past the rivers and see the white baiters out there? Has anyone got some time? White baiters just sit there. Most of the time they sit there just watching to see if they can, uh, uh, the, the little fish going over the white boards. You could sit with them, uh, spark up a conversation, and maybe talk about some stuff. 1 Corinthians um, 14. And um, I'll finish with this. Is there a prophetic word among us here today? So if we're Bible-believing Christians, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. Um, uh, He utters mysteries with the Spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men and women for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Has anyone got a prophetic word here this morning? Just speak it out if you have. Father, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you Lord, that, um, Lord, you're challenging us. Lord, you're calling us to a Jesus-centered, spirit-filled life that takes Christianity from the margins into the very heart's in homes of hurting people. Father, we had a picture up here when we saw all those people up here last Sunday. Different cultures, many different cultures, different ages. And that was two years' work. Father, we pray that we would become intentional about our walk with you. uh, We would become intentional about Christian community, that we would become intentional about the gospel that changes lives, not just talk, it's action. Father, we pray, pray for your spirit to come, touch each one of us in your name. Amen. Musos. Hey, just think about that. Just think about prophesying. Can musicians come forward, please? Just think about prophesying. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Have a look at those scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 3. God prophesied over my life this week. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's changed the direction of my ministry going forward. This guy prophesied. Beautifully over my life. It's um, changed Sharon's prayers for me as well. 
right? And um, so she's interceding for me in a different way because this man spoke words into my life. Think about that. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, prophecy will be something that you're, you're looking for on the edge of your tongue. Thank you. Please stand. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined, predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Amen. Have a great week.
satisfaction.